Wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> you do. The important thing on the show is that we never learn. What? Welcome to Things You Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rich Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. And um, earlier this week, Ryan was re-listening to some of our old episodes. Mm-hmm. In one of our old episodes, oh. Oh, I man. say something akin to, I don't know how much goes into a taco. How on earth do you think I'm going to know how much goes into the sun? And... <laughs> And what I want to really express to the world, and I really want to know if Stuart Ryan feels the same, is that I cannot comprehend proportions, sizes, and distances. Like, for example, I know how many laps you do you have to do on a standard track to make a mile. But if you say it's just a mile away, I can't conceptualize it. So, like, I know what the numbers are. If you say there's just a cup of something in there, it's like, I know what a cup is as a unit of measurement. I cannot conceptualize it. Like, cannot visualize it. Cannot. You say it's, uh, if you say it's only like. You're always <laughs> vaguely drawing these things. Too. Right. It's, you can't conceptualize it. Like, you say it's a mile away and I'm like. Okay, it like, seems what do you like mean, it might not be too far. Right, like right. there's a cup in the kitchen, and in your head, it's just some like astrophysics puzzle, and you're like breaking. Right. How much? How much goes into a cup in your mind? Eight ounces. I mean, I can like okay, I can I picture it, like a cup of flour, like dumping it out on the bowl. Like I have a rough idea. I can't, I can't do it. Really? I can't I do mean, it. I have a very visual for... mind, but I can't do it. It so, it can't it can't afford to store mental images of how much a cup or a mile is in distance to reference only, that. You have other only stuff. Files, For text, exact- and facts. Yeah. Rachel's brain does not work in the third dimension. Fine I don't dining work in the abstract. Breathing. I don't work in the abstract. Those there like is you, no if you give me Z like a ruler in Rachel's brain. Yeah. <laughs> if you give me a ruler, you can look, I can look at the ruler and be like, yeah, that's one foot. But if you tell me to like, hey, show me. With your hands apart, how much one foot is? Here's Frankly, it could be about like <laughs> three inches as measured, or like my entire wingspan. I and I really it's can't that get that extreme. <laughs> okay, you saw me do it. <laughs> I just, yeah, I was listening uh, while making dinner, uh, not in any way prepping for this episode. And as Rachel came in through the door, I just heard, I don't know how much fits into a taco. How do you expect <laughs> me to know the size of the sun? <laughs> and that, that also goes to things like, I can't estimate like how much goes into something else. So like, I cannot figure out how to build a taco that works. I mean, that is a specialized skill though. Like I still don't even have that down too much. And I've eaten so many tacos in my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just wanted to share that. It's just such a weird thing not to be able to do, but it's just like one of those things. Like if you say it's two miles away, I, I grasp the concept of a mile, but I'm really not sure what that means for me. <laughs> Like, I know, like, 100 miles is very far away, and two miles is very close, but, like, if you say it's just two miles, I'm like, I I, I don't know what to do with that information. Sorry, two you minutes. fit in very well with every other non-American in the world. <laughs> okay, or two kilometers. 
Okay, it is a decent amount. I think I can walk that. Really not sure. Can't well, visualize what that is on the map. <laughs> 5K is 2.35 miles, right? But then again, if you can't visualize the miles, then never mind. <laughs> it's all it's about a mile, Rachel. Rachel. It matter what it's like, it's like you, you, you know the numbers. Like, you know the numbers. Like, I know how many ounces go into a cup, you know, and all that jazz. But if you just say, like, give me a kind of a representation of how much you think a cup is. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, Ryan, can, do you can, do all like the furniture arrangement and anything that requires measuring in the house? Yes. Yeah. She tried to set it up and it was all stacked in the corner. All weird. <laughs> She's like, yeah, this all goes in the living room, right? This is one cup for the furniture. Kind of, kind of cu- <laughs> although the best furniture. part, the best part, <laughs> the best part about this is on top of all of this, I'm also not a measuring tape person. So I can't visualize the numbers, but I also won't take the time to measure. Isn't your dad an engineer? Yes. Yes, I am an eternal frustration. Measure never cut enough times that you just give up on the whole project. Right. Guess a little bit. The problem is, okay, actually kind of on top of that, is that he is an engineer, but he's very good at guessing like what things are probably because he's done so much building in his life. Yeah. Yeah. Is so like, he can do a lot of guesstimating and it works well. Problem is, I came about and kind of noticed this at, after he had gotten that skill down. You're like, <laughs> he guesses. I know how to guess I, just right. without I any of guess. the four, without any of the previous research done. <laughs> and he was like, take this hammer, take this nail, take this piece of wood, enjoy. <laughs> Rachel's yeah. never going to have a job at Chipotle. Oh my gosh. Maybe that's why I'm okay at it. I worked at Subway, so I had to understand like how to load up a sandwich enough that you can still close it, but get the maximum amount of things in there. <laughs> like, this is clearly a foot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which it's not. It's like, <laughs> you know, well under, but whatever. <laughs> I thought you guys would just kind of get a laugh out of that like really weird shortcoming. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you get every single guesstimation question we have right. on the show. Right. So what the hell is with that? <laughs> um, Rachel? So, okay, here, here's the Rachel. deal. Here's the deal. I have a very strong thing, and I apply this to multiple choice as well. I, ve- I believe very strongly in trusting my gut. That's and true. And so yeah. when we do guesstimation or when we do multiple choice, I go with the very, very first thing that goes in my mind. I don't second guess it. I don't think about it anymore. I just go with the very first thing because studies show that the um, that the highest percentage of correctness is the very first thing you guess, and that when you start to think about it more, your percentage of correctness goes down. Makes and sense. And so that's how I do things. Is I've and it's actually very hard to train yourself to do it because, like in tests, you want to take a second and be like, "Oh, is this right?" But um, <laughs> but I trained myself to actually stop doing that, and my test scores went up. Yeah, second guessing is my entire life in trivia. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. With tests, though, you underestimate my my lack of, I guess, care. <laughs> okay, this so, does like, presume I, I was that you've doing taken a, a moment. Yeah. <laughs> that's my secret. I was always unprepared. I was always unprepared, so I always was using intuition my whole, my whole time. <laughs> and I still passed. But it's hard to do because I was always the first person done on a multiple choice test. Always. Yeah. Oh, I was always that kid who was like, everyone else looked at me like I was insane when I was done, like in an hour test and I was done in like 18 minutes. Dude, that feeling's so good though, because then you walk up to the cl- the front of the class and you turn it in, and you're just like, ha ha, suckers. Like, 
<laughs> if it's college, you get to leave. If it's high school, you just got to sit down and wait. But <laughs> so, Rachel, how many tacos will fit inside the sun? <laughs> At least two. Yeah, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. You also didn't tell me how big these tacos were. Am I making them or are you making them? Chipotle is making them. Chipotle is making them. It's at least one and a half. Okay. That's a little bit more standard. Here's here's a fun Chipotle hack, actually, before we can get to some trivia. Um, And maybe this will help Stu with your kids and everything. When my mom used to do when we had really busy weeks. Instead of making lunches, is she would go to Chipotle, buy a few burritos, and she would cut them into thirds. And a third of the burrito was just like the perfect size of a full lunch for a kid in elementary school. Hmm. I mean, it felt like a really busy week. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'd be hard pressed uh, if my kids ever ate a burrito until they finally developed some, some stinking taste buds. <laughs> Uh, Fair enough. I think I was in middle school. (laughs) Yeah. I'm waiting for the day. Like, there will come a day that my kids are like, oh, wow, this is delicious. And I'm like, I know. I've been trying to make it for 10 years. (laughs) I kept wanting sprinkles poured all over. (laughs) Dude, seriously. (laughs) I I always feel bad for my parents because, like, my sister was, like, the easiest baby in the world. Like, she was, like, slept through the night almost instantly, like, as a baby, like, it was like dream baby and then i came along and it was just you know the sleeping wasn't the problem it was the fact that i was so picky the 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 trick that a family friend taught us was if your kid likes ketchup if you lather something in ketchup no matter what it is the ketchup taste will always win out my kids don't like ketchup that's the problem like they kind of do but it's like I like ketchup oh. more than they like ketchup. That's for sure. Oh, jeez! I just remember years of like having like asper- asparagus and then just oh, gross. <laughs> just gross. a pile of ketchup covering covering it. I don't know how they so put up with it. Years and years and years of it. Years. Yeah, I don't years. think you can put sprinkles on broccoli. No, you try. They yes, will eat can. broccoli. They love broccoli. Actually, that is like the one saving grace is that they will eat broccoli. I think I was always good with vegetables. I like my vegetables. Yeah, I got really sick of green beans. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> you gotta do spe- peas and uh, do what my parents did to call them spider bodies to make it more exciting. Oh my god! <laughs> they called them spider bodies because my sister hated spiders, and so she felt like she was vanquishing them by eating peas. See, that's like that's like the rare instance that that actually works. What normally happens is trauma, and your right. kid will never, ever, ever, ever eat them again. Maybe we just had enough instances of it, and they were like, spider bodies is really the nicest thing going on here. <laughs> Here's how you win over them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, however you count it, uh, we'll get to trivia, and this is the 81st ever... I still have a TH there from last time. <laughs> ever episode. And uh, we have four rounds because uh, this will be the uh, end of the year. So uh, it'll be Rachel and Stu Mano Imano. And uh, we have four rounds of wonderful questions. And these two will uh, try to answer and earn points and vie for, uh, I don't know, all the ability to count in the world <laughs> and approximate. <laughs> all the tacos in the sun. <laughs> I would kill go. for that. <laughs> So if you're ready, we'll start, as always, with general trivia. Woo! Just like it always is. <laughs> general trivia. Question number one. Uh, each question will be worth two points, so uh, call out when you know it. 
Bactrian and Dromedary, say that again, Bactrian and Dromedary are the two primary species of what even-toed ungulate that we know better Wait. by what name? Rachel. Rachel. Camels. Camels. Oh, man. <laughs> Pick that question up last time I went to the zoo. Nice. Uh, Bactrians. The zoo. They are uh, the two primary species, primarily identified by having either one hump or two humps. And the Bactrians have two humps, and the dromedaries have one hump. So, two points to Rachel there. Question number two. Frank the bunny rabbit encourages the main character to destroy and burn things while warning about the end of the world in what cult classic film? Stu. Stu. Donnie Darko. This would be Donnie Darko. Nice. Nicely done. That bunny gave me nightmares when I was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Frank the bunny rabbit. That thing is still creepy. All right. Question number three. Despite this being largely forgotten... Peshtigo, Wisconsin had 1.2 million acres destroyed and was the deadliest of its kind in recorded history, killing five times more people than what other tragedy that stole Peshtigo's thunder on October 8th, 1871? It's a long one. Is it? Sorry, you said this is a tragedy or like a natural disaster? This was, uh, I would say, an event, but all three of those are probably... Correct. <laughs> okay. Stu? Stu. Is this like a plague of locust? No. I was going to say, I don't remember locust ever killing anybody directly. Rachel? Rachel. I, 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 maybe I'm getting the term wrong. Is it like straight line winds? No, let me repeat it again. Despite this event being largely forgotten, Peshtigo, Wisconsin had 1.2 million acres destroyed and was the deadly of its kind in recorded history, killing five times more people than what other tragedy that stole Peshtigo's thunder on October 8th, 1871? Are you asking for what What? happened in Wisconsin or Uh, the second one? No, the second one. What other tragedy? Okay, okay, okay. Happened on the same day. Oh, it was the same day? Stole Peshtigo's Thunder on October 8th, 1871. Oh, Stu. Stu? Is this uh, <laughs> the molasses flood? No. Okay. <laughs> that was a good guess. Rachel, last guess? Um, is this... Is this the Great Chicago Fire? It is. Oh, nice. oh my oh. gosh. You, I, wow. I mean, when you said the acres, oh and I was trying to figure out what it is. Like, fire? I've never associated a fire with Wisconsin, so that's when I went with the oh, winds first. I, you two are going to be kicking yourselves. Uh, yeah, Peshtigo, Wisconsin uh, had a fire the same day that was the deadliest in recorded history. Killed five times more people than the Great Chicago Fire. But uh, Great Chicago Fire, I think, had more uh, monetary damage and, you know, built, uh, destroyed more of the city. Uh, Also not Wisconsin. Completely, (laughs) uh, completely overshadowed poor old Peshtigo. Oh, man. That'd be the Great Chicago Fire. So one point to Rachel there. I was going to be so upset if neither of you got that. Uh, well, I was confused at the beginning. I thought you were asking for the Wisconsin yeah. event in the beginning, and so that's where I was trying to guess. I was being a little vague, but I was hoping the date, you know. I, did, I also didn't want to say this fire, but, you know. <laughs> I'm going to plead not native of Chicago on this one. I have no excuse. 
right, one point to Rachel there. Question number four. In Egyptian mythology, who was the god of the underworld, often depicted with green skin, a pharaoh beard, and wearing a crown with two large ostrich feathers? Rachel. Rachel. Osiris. This would be Osiris. Nicely done. <laughs> well done. Husband to I think Isis. I have a statue <laughs> of him in my office. Brother of Seth. Brogan? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> But it's wonder that he's the god of the underworld. Yeah, Seth Rogen is doing his ridiculous laugh somewhere in the distance. You can almost hear. Oh, I can't escape it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Question number five: What was the quote noble experiment, as Herbert Hoover put it, which was considered noble because it was meant to keep families together, and an experiment because most observers felt it was a complete embarrassment and total failure. The noble experiment. What was the noble experiment, as Herbert Hoover put it, which was considered noble because it was meant to keep families together and an experiment because most observers felt it was a complete embarrassment and a total failure? Rachel? Rachel. Whatever that recalled amendment that banned alcohol. Prohibition. Prohibition. There you go. It's prohibition. I, is it? Oh, I had wow. the word and then I started to speak and then it went. <laughs> <laughs> prohibition, the nice. 1920s, the noble experiment. It was it is one of those instances that kind of proved that the thing that you see with teenagers, which is the more you try to keep it away from people, Dude, yeah. people actually get excited at the prospect of breaking the rules to get it, but the the rates of them actually using it when it's available to access actually go down. <laughs> Mostly, yeah. Mostly, yeah. Yep, prohibition. Uh, two points to Rachel there. Question number six. Last question of the round. Name two tiles in Scrabble that are worth eight points or more. Stew. Stew. J and Z. J and Z will count. Sweet. Uh, two points to Stew there. Uh, there are four total worth eight or more. Uh, J and X are worth eight points, and Q and Z are worth ten. I've never played Scrabble. What? Dude. I've played the Bananagrams version, which is really fun, <laughs> but I've never played the <laughs> points. I've never played. Count. I've never played the adult version. The Bananagrams was fun because you can play it anywhere and do it. That's kind true. Of I do like Bananagrams or Speed Scrabble. I mean, it, did it's, you? The whole point is that the the more obscure letters are worth more, and the vowels. I mean, are that out. makes sense. Also, that makes sense, but I'd never played, so I didn't really know how the point system works. But like Brian is like king of video or not video games, board games. So like, how have you not played Scrabble already? We build quilts. That's adorable. We do quilts. We do the quilting game instead. We have That's a game adorable. called Patchwork, which is one of the our favorite two-player games and i would highly recommend it for anyone wanting a two-player game you're technically a little seamstress and you're building there are a bunch of quilt pieces in all sorts of different shapes and you slowly construct a quilt on your board and it's wonderful that's a you buy them using buttons what's that game called again (laughs) patchwork patchwork (laughs) i have a friend who's really into more games i'm totally gonna send that to him it's a great game yeah definitely all right, after one round, uh, Stu with four points, Rachel with seven, and uh, we will go into, as we do at the end of every year, uh, 
I listen back and I find I had to listen to doubles of of games to get enough questions in. Uh, this is, and you would think that, uh, you know, considering we do a lot more round robins and I'm not doing as many questions in general, that it would be harder to find questions that were not answered correctly. But you would be wrong. There are so many. Wow. So I pulled a few of my favorites from the first half of the year and we will have a double rock box of things you got wrong. Yes. <laughs> oh, yay. Things I'm still getting wrong. <laughs> again and again. All right. Oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> All right, question number one from episode 60, Spite Casting. Uh, this was under World Moneymakers. This is, believe it or not, false teeth are one of the largest exports for this small double landlocked country, supplying over 40% of Europe's and over 20% of the world's market. Stew. Stew. I vote, this is probably the wrong answer, and this is probably what I guessed <laughs> in the episode. Uh, Lithuania? Not Lithuania. Okay. False uh, teeth. Rachel? Rachel? Liechtenstein? It is Liechtenstein. Oh, yeah! I think Stu may have been on the right path there, but... Well done. Yeah. I couldn't remember which one. It was Liechtenstein. And what's the other small little one that started with an O? I don't remember. I have no idea. <laughs> you're, you're talking I mean, about <laughs> the wrong person about that. Lesotho is bordered, but that's a... That's like in Africa. In South Africa, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Luxembourg? That's the one. That's the one I was okay, yeah. thinking. All right. Two points to Rachel there. False teeth. Uh, question number two came from uh, episode 62 Snow Globes in Your Mind. My favorite part is just reading the titles again. <laughs> General trivia What is Microsoft's oldest, longest running IP predating Office and Windows, which first debuted in 1982, pushing what was possible on the PC with every iteration? Gosh, I can't. (laughs) Because I know what my answers before were. See that's the problem. That's what I run into. The problem I run into in this round is I forget what I answered before. The important thing on the show is that we never learn. It's I I know like oh my gosh, I don't know the name of it. That's not going to help you answer. But this that's question. not going to help me at all. Um, <laughs> what is Microsoft's oldest, longest running IP predating Office and Windows, which first debuted in nineteen eighty two, pushing what was possible on the PC with every iteration? All I can think of is Paint. <laughs> you said that last time. Yep. <laughs> I, I presume I did. <laughs> I know my answer last time was DOS, and that's not it. Um, it's it's something for like like newsletters or like uh, like publications or something. They have Microsoft Publisher. That one's been and Microsoft Perfect has been around for a long time. But it's not those though. No, because I think Perfect. Got phased out into the thousands, I think. No, you're on the wrong track. <laughs> I figured. Oh, okay. I figured. That's why I'm. That's why I'm talking about. Them. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm here to get things wrong. Any guesses? No. <laughs> no one. I'm frustrated. <laughs> you gotta rev up your engines for Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh darn oh. it! <laughs> Nineteen eighty-two. 
You know, somebody out there is listening, going to listen to this episode and um, going to hear this, hear this round again and be like, Christ, these people, <laughs> <laughs> they've heard the answer before. <laughs> we have enough listeners who have been with us long enough to know the, to yeah. know the deal. <laughs> this is how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> right, no points there. Uh, another question from General Trivia, Snow Globes in Your Mind. Uh what top 90s movie opens with dictionary definitions of the title with the words definitions being one, a soft, moist, shapeless mass of matter? And Sorry, to finish the question. Sorry. Nope. And two, bad. a magazine or book containing lurid subject matter and being characteristically printed on rough, unfinished paper. Stew. Stew. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Nice. I actually remembered that one. We're learning. <laughs> Stu is learning. Let's let's make this very clear. You got Lichtenstein. Yeah, you got Lichtenstein. Like I, I, I want still to know very that selectively I, learn. I I did guess Lichtenstein because I thought it was Luxembourg. So points are points. Yep. Points are points. Hey, right, question number four. Uh, also, general trivia. According to its animani, totally insane theme song, what food can you find in the slacks of the Animaniacs? Rachel. Rachel. Flapjacks? No. <laughs> I, I was fairly certain what I guessed last time I was trying to avoid it. Although I, I liked your, your attempts at rhyming. If Stu doesn't have a guess, I oh do have another, gosh. but I don't think it's as good, and I think it's what I said last time. <laughs> According oh my gosh. to its animani, totally insane theme song, what food can you find in the slacks of the Animaniacs? I just have the cadence of the song in the back of my I'm, head. Dude, dun, dun, seriously. Dun, dun. <laughs> it's stew? Stew. Salami? Not salami. Animani. Totally, totally insane. insane. Can I? I'm going to uh, do another guess. I'm ahead. fairly yeah. certain this is what I said in the episode. Go ahead. But you know what? Maybe second time's a charm, and maybe the answer has changed. Um, snacks. Not snacks. It's not a specific sp- food. Not snacks and slacks and animaniacs. It makes sense. Not stacks on stacks on stacks. Let's do last guess. Just give me a moment. <laughs> Just one moment. I'm like racking my brain for this. It's the problem is, it's like I, like I can see the animated intro to where it's like they either like put something or like pull something out of their pants. Like obviously like they're slacks and it's like, it's the food item, but I, <laughs> I have no, it's like a blank. <laughs> oh my God. S- sandwiches, not sandwiches, but you were closer with salami. It is put bologna in our slacks. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> they're animaniacs. All right. No points there. Question number five. From the 65th episode, Fisticuffs and Meat Hooks, general <laughs> trivia, what Olympic event uses electrical components for scoring for over 50 years because it moves too fast for even human judges and was the topic of scandal in the 1977 Montreal Games? Rachel. Uh, Rachel. Fencing. It was fencing. I okay, swear. so story. Okay. Over the summer, which I think this, yeah, this would have been before we recorded that. Ep- no, it was after we recorded that episode. This was the um, first episode in the safe house, I'm pretty sure. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. So over this last summer during the Olympics, uh, we were watching. We were watching fencing, uh-huh. and um, there was an issue coming up with people challenging scores, and they did get a person out there. They got a judge out there to start judging it in person. Yeah, they do have judges, but yeah. they're also but it, uh, it was computer marks. Like the yeah. players can request it. Right. It was just gotcha. interesting. Huh. That's fencing. cool. All right. Two points to Rachel there. Uh, question number six. Last question of this first round from Fisticuffs and Meat Hooks. Uh, the round of Cluey. This will be a little long. Still, I had a hunch. A matchbook. Something about it seemed Cluey. Arizona Match Company. Arizona spelled backwards is still Arizona. It's a Palomino. <laughs> maybe I was crazy. Or maybe I was finally sane. <laughs> was said by Senor Chang, played by Ken Yong, who is likely best known for his role in what movie in which uh, the MTV Movie Awards nominated him for Best Villain and for Best WTF Moment in 2009? Rachel? Rachel. The Hangover? This was The Hangover. (gasps) Okay, so I remember this question because I knew what movie it was and I could not come up with the name. (laughs) I could not get it. Like, I knew what it was, and I'm like, I just can't get it. I can't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, scene from Community. The uh, Arizona spelled backwards is still Arizona. Palomino. (laughs) Palomino. That was, uh, yep, Senor Chang, played by uh, Ken Jeong. All right. Uh, This brings us to halftime. Scores are Stu with six and Rachel with 13. Oh, my gosh. Uh, But there are still... (laughs) Things you got wrong still to go. So this is oh, part good. round number three or things you got wrong. Part two. Question number oh, one. <laughs> Episode 66. One step beyond the obvious. Uh, this was from the round dynamic duos. This duo has been around since the 70s. One loud and brash. One hardly ever speaking a word. Together, they blend, their blend of both skepticism and mystical entertainment has made them the longest running headliners to play at the same hotel in Las Vegas history. Oh, <laughs> God. Give me a second. Rachel? Uh, Rachel. Siegfried and Bray? No. Uh, I'm always getting those names wrong, so I swear to God, it's going to be something close to that. It's so close to that. That's the problem. <laughs> no, I'm going to oh. tell you it's not Siegfried and Roy. It is also not Sigmund Freud. <laughs> Sigmund Freud, yeah. <laughs> is it Roger and Hammerstein? <laughs> Oklahoma, where the... <laughs> nope. Why do all these duos have similar names? This duo has been around since the dude, 70s. Dude. Oh, <laughs> this one broke Stu's brain last time. I, I was so <laughs> upset. <laughs> it's been around since the 70s. One loud and brash, one hardly ever speaking a word. Their blend of both skepticism and mystical entertainment has made them the longest running headliners to play at the same hotel in Las Vegas history. Can't get Siegfried and Roy out of my head. Um, this is what happens. That's when the ego and the id all go to work, and you don't know which is which. Dude. Oh my gosh. But oh we didn't gosh. all know it was the super ego in charge. It was the super ego. That was super very Freudian. <laughs> and very Siegfried and Roydian. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> 
Dude, I. Oh my gosh, I. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a name. Okay, never mind. Yeah. And again, that's too close to Sig <laughs> Siegfried. Would Ron Howard work for us if we had him narrate Stu's thoughts? <laughs> Who's Ron Howard? I know the name. I can't think of He's the narrator in Arrested Development. Oh He's my gosh. <laughs> um, he didn't. I don't think that that's a name. Need a guess. Just go for it. No, it's, it no anyway. it's not. It's, either, it's, it's no points if you don't. No, because now I just I'm getting everything blurred in my brain, and so it's like I keep getting stuck on like Sigmund, but it's not Sigmund, um, because that's not a name or a thing. I got nothing. I got absolutely nothing. Well, it is a magical duo similar to Siegfried and Royd. Uh, no tigers. This would be Penn and Teller. Oh my gosh. Oh, why are they all so similar in names? <laughs> They're not at all. <laughs> <laughs> when you're trying to think of a duo, they are. <laughs> Penn and Teller. No points there. Uh, question number two from episode 67. We don't do arson. <laughs> Um, uh, just the news flash to the world. We still do not do arson. <laughs> right. You can say that I would hope. <laughs> From uh, Extreme Sports. What sport slash fun hobby has a person inside an air, con- air cushioned plastic ball like a human hamster ball rolling downhill? Oh my gosh. I don't remember this question. Yeah, I don't remember this one either. What sport or fun hobby has a person inside an air cushion plastic ball like a human hamster ball rolling downhill? I mean, I've seen I've that. I've got episode. a guess. <laughs> Rachel? So you thought your hamster thought this nope. was fun? Wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, gotta shoot my shot. Still. <laughs> no, I... I don't know. I've seen the episode of MXC where they do that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah similar. Uh, found uh, originating in New Zealand. Uh, this would be a Zorb. Oh, that's right. A Zorb. All right. Uh, from the same category of extreme sports at the 1999 X Games, Tony Hawk made skateboarding history by landing what trick for the first time after 11 previous attempts and being technically past regulation time in skateboarding, best trick. Skateboarding history in 1999 from Tony Hawk. Hang on, I gotta do my numbers. Okay, Rachel? Rachel? I hope I've got my math right. Uh, 1520? Nope. Did I get my math wrong? I mean, are you trying to quantify... Stew? Shut up. Stew? Is this a, like, was it 960? Not 960. I thought it was Rachel? less than 1,000, but. Rachel? 1270? Not 1270. It was like a half All of, of one your or something. stuff has, them, has him landing horizontally back into the ramp. He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna face plant so hard. <laughs> I thought this is what, like, when you do, like, a f- multiple full circles. Yeah, I thought this was, like, spinning, like, not like doing flips, but like spinning it, around. It is. You just have to come back in, not horizontal on your board. 
Got it. I've never skateboarded a day in my life. <laughs> 1999 X Games. Tony Hawk made skateboarding history by landing what trick for the first time after 11 previous attempts and technically being past regulation time in skateboarding best trick? Stew. Stew? 720. Not 720. You're very, very close. So obviously a full rotation is a 360. You got 720, which technically I think Tony Hawk was the first person to do that, but that was like five at least five years previous or even in the 80s uh he was the first one and you also get mixed up because like snowboarders and skiers can twist way way more so they can do like four or five rotations uh this was two and a half twists to make the 900 oh my gosh oh the 900 huh. i mean maybe it was a little off so it was closer to 960 but not so much <laughs> that uh <laughs> My my only frame of reference was snowboarding, which yeah. I knew it wasn't gonna quite make it. But I was like, I I don't know. Tony Hawk seems so, to be kind of legendary, so yeah. But nine hundred will bring you back in on the same side. So if you're going Got like, it. you know, right, like he skates right foot forward, so he's like facing left, comes back in on his dominant side. That's right. Um, but yeah, quite nine. The 900, a 1080 would be three full rotations, which I think yeah. technically has been done since then, especially on the big ramps on skateboarding, but way easier on a snowboard. Yeah. Way easier coming yeah, from yeah, someone yeah. Who, who can't get down the bunny <laughs> slope on a snowboard. Well, it, you get okay. so much more speed and you're actually strapped to it. Yeah, yeah. It's a little different. All right. Question number four from episode 68. The great tortilla chip in the sky. Yes. Oh, my favorite tortilla chip. They got a second one. <laughs> More tortilla <laughs> chips? Yeah, they got a second one, so they overlap. So it covers the whole deck now. Soon they're going to have just a big plate of nachos. I was going to say, if the leaves start falling after they've changed colors, let's have some and orange the, and yellow on top of the chips. Well, no, it'll be artisan cheese from this one person down this one street in this back road that we talked to this one person once, and it's in this cooler in front of their house. So you go out and you pull it open, you oh leave your cash gosh. inside, you take your cheese, it's all in an honor system, and it's the best cheese you've ever had in your life. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. A phone from... call with my parents. <laughs> in act in three parts. <laughs> from General Trivia. Mickle delving, meaning large excavation, is the chief township and pseudo capital of what fictional land? What nuts? Um, stew, stew, fictional land. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. Um, this would be the Shire. This would be the Shire. That's Woo! right. Because there is the big snafu about it, and you guys got into oh, a fight was. afterwards. <laughs> And I conveniently forgot. <laughs> you <Mickle can't>. delving. <laughs> that would be uh, the chief township and pseudo capital of the Shire, which uh, we can fact check if need be. But I trust your question. No, you don't. <laughs> I don't, but I'm saying this to be polite and nice. <laughs> All right, question number five, also from the great tortilla chip in the sky. Uh, this would be triple rhyme time, so we calibrate yes. your brains. The, oh vi the violence that occurred in, at the Regal Castle in this big tech city. The violence that occurred at the Regal Castle in this big tech city. 
Oh my gosh, why can I not think of Texas? <laughs> Texas with a dollar sign. I've in got front of it. I've got two of them. Okay. I'll give you one point for two. The violence that occurred at the Regal Castle in this big tech city. I okay, I gotta ask you about the word violence. Okay. Are we talking about physical violence or something that just hurts your soul and makes you feel bad about yourself? <laughs> Both? Okay, well... <laughs> well, it was callous in the Dallas Palace. Not callous, I, although I, I do like your, your, your train of thought. I'll give you one point. Uh, for the Dallas Palace malice. Oh. Oh, man. I think callous is just a little. I'm gonna too raise far up off, my challenge but... card. All right, hit me with it. Malice me, callous because me with it. Malice is just like a state of mind, but callous is you actually have to do something to be callous. He did something. He thought about it full of malice, but you can't. Callous requires the action. Hmm. Callus only exists with the action. Well, definitely do not just like Google search callus and then have a bunch of images pop up. For <laughs> yeah. God's sakes, you also have to spell it correctly. <laughs> callus is just feeling no emotions yeah. or being hardened or thickened, both verbally or the literal callus. Which I again, do not Google search. <laughs> I, I'll I'll still give you the one point. I but. I think you're close, but yeah, just a little bit. Uh, One point there. All right. Question number six. Last question of this round uh, from episode 69. People equal depths of hell. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) This would be superheroes in everyday life where I gave you a uh, very kind of simple, like at a stop sign, having an arrow to turn left. That would be green arrow. And then you come up with a superhero name. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Superheroes in everyday life. Olympic sports leaders, or sorry, Olympic sports leader, like Becky Sorabron or Mike Aruzioni. Olympic sport leader, like Becky Sorabron or Mike Aruzioni. Mike Aruzioni, everybody. Oh, Stu? Stu. Captain America? This would be Captain America. Oh, there we go. nice. <laughs> Becky Sorbron, the current uh, U.S. women's uh, soccer captain, and Mike Rizzioni, captain of the uh, iconic 1980s Miracle on Ice team. These would be captains for the American Olympic team, or Captain America. Nice. Nicely done. All right. That uh, brings it up a little bit closer. It is Stu with 10, Rachel with 14. <laughs> and uh, we're going to go into the last round, which uh, traditionally we've done the top 10s. It was a little bit more of a fun kind of round. Uh, but it turns out after a couple of years of that, you kind of get through all the good questions. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was going to do... we get do... the bad top 10s now? Uh, it's it, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> so I was gonna do uh, a Merriam-Webster's time traveler, and I thought that would be fun. But then I found out that they have a game based on their time traveler of which word came first, Ooh. and uh, they just oh happened to have twelve questions. So I went through the game, 
And uh, we'll go through those questions. And uh, we, there are 12 of them. So what we're going to do is just go back and forth. And you're going to have two words in front of you. And it's going to be which one of those words came first in written language or in general. Um, most of these are actually, uh, for the most part, they're more or less synonyms. But uh, one of them is, almost all of them clearly have like a century separating them at least. And so we'll just go uh, back and forth. We'll start with Rachel first, and then uh, you know you either get it or you don't. And the next question will go to the next person. Okay, and so on. Okay. So Rachel, which word came first, butter or margarine? Margarine. Uh, the answer is butter. Butter comes. Can't from... believe it's not butter. <laughs> butter. <laughs> it is butter. It is butter. <laughs> butter comes from Old English, which borrowed it from Latin, which borrowed it from Greek butrion uh, itself. Uh, I mean, I, of course, that's butchered, but itself comes from the words cow and cheese. Makes sense. Butter Logical. All right, Stu. Which came first, idiot or numbskull? <laughs> Idiot. Uh, idiot did come first. Idiot Such is a really old insult. Yeah. Idiot is several hundred years older than numbskull, which has been in use since the late 17th century. The earliest sense of idiot was, quote, an ignorant or unschooled person, a simple, unlearned person. Actually, it's really- a very interesting insult to have history of because you see it way far back. Yeah. And- if it was Nimrod, I was like, I did that one. Like, I already did yeah. that question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rachel. Which came first, excitement or fun? Excitement. Excitement did come first. Excitement. uh, Yeah, excitement. The how fun. Ejectival (laughs) use of fun, which some people do not like, is more recent than the words used as a verb or noun, both of which date back to the late 17th century. But excitement came first. So, a point there. Stu, which came first, psychological or cognitive? Cognitive. Cognitive did come first. <laughs> I know these are guesses, but they're fun. Uh, cognitive <laughs> came fun. into English in the 16th century, borrowed from the Latin verb cognoscere, meaning to become acquainted with. I think, you know, I think some of them you can do a little bit of reasoning yeah. because, for example, the word fun, you know, we have a few plays on it, but it kind of stands on its own, you know, as opposed to excitement. There are other words that we've used in dialect, and so and new words in dialect take some time to develop, and yeah. so if those have a lot of related ones, in my mind, it has a chance of being older. Yeah, that's very fair. Well, taking that information that you know now, Rachel, which came first, ganja or reefer? <laughs> I have no idea what ganja is. <laughs> I'm gonna go with reefer because I'm pretty sure it's a brand of shoes. No, what? Uh, no, they're they're both uh, synonyms for marijuana. But ganja is first. Uh, oh, reefer is a fairly old term for marijuana, dating back to the early 20th century. But ganja is much much older and was in use uh, since 1689. I'm just gonna say in this moment, my parents listen to this podcast and i'm i'm hoping that was a moment that made them proud that i didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) all right still question number six uh which came first aggressive or passive (laughs) i don't know you tell me (laughs) (laughs) um 
aggressive. That is wrong. Passive oh. was 14th century, several hundred years older than aggressive. And both words are much, much older than, of course, than passive aggressive, which was a mid 20th century word. <laughs> Here's a fun fact. Okay. If we went back like a thousand years to old English, the three of us, like beyond accents, like if right. we took accents out of the equation, we would not be able to understand it. That's how different old English was. It's we crazy. would not be able to understand the language, like different Ye syntax, different words. Yeah. But fun fact, it's tenses that we don't use anymore. Shall. There's only a few of those left. Yeah. Fun fact. Well, Rachel, thou, this is your active question. <laughs> Whichest came first, mutt or mongrel? Uh, mongrel. Mongrel did come first. Just says, uh, no dates, but it just says, fun fact, mutt is a shortened form of muttonhead, a dual-witted person. Huh. <laughs> if, if they had huh. given the full, the full one, I probably would have gotten that wrong. <laughs> All right, Stu, uh, snarky or sarcastic? Oh, man. Uh, sarcastic. Sarcastic is correct, uh, which comes from the Greek word meaning to tear flesh has been around since the 17th century. Uh, snarky appears to have been written to have been in written use since the early 20th century. So sarcastic. All right, Rachel, uh, number nine, jingoism or nationalism? Jingoism. It is not. It is nationalism. What is jingoism? I didn't really know. I know. I know. I, jingoism that's what is, is the like, weird one. It, I mean, it's kind of a synonym of nationalism, but like grow, like, like gross, gr like, I want to say like gross country over everything, like jingoistic, okay. like they were, you know, like beyond reproach, just jingoistic, uh, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, makes a little bit more sense. Uh, I, you use the word in the definition. No, I know. I, which is what all good dictionaries would do. Right. right. Uh, nationalism is older, dating back to the 18th century. Jingoism dates back to the late 19th century and was influenced by tensions between Great Britain and Russia. Huh. Hmm. So question number 10 for Stu. Nostalgia or futurism? Nostalgia. Uh, nostalgia is correct. Uh, nostalgia has been in use since the mid-18th century, at least, although the earliest sense of the word was more concerned with homesickness than with sentimental yearning of a bygone time. Hmm. Huh. So Maybe they're the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, number 11. So kind of the last round. Meme or fad? Fad. Fad is correct. Uh, the origins of fad are uncertain and possibly will never be discovered. We know where meme came from since its creator, Richard Dawkins, explained how he coined it. Uh, and it, it, was an alter, it was an alteration of meme, which came from the Greek root of mim or mimic. Oh. So much more complicated than I wanted it to be. <laughs> I wanted it to be like, eh, I was thinking of something. <laughs> I, I like it. I like that it actually has roots somewhere, not just like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> some dude just called it that. Richard Dawkins, yeah. All right, Stu, final question of the game. Which came first? Superman or Batman? Superman. Uh it was 
Batman, although it's a what? bit of a trick question uh, because there have been several kinds of Batmans or Batmen, including one which refers to a Turkish unit of weight and another which refers to the person who takes care of a bat horse. A horse that carries baggage <laughs> as... a centaur. That's not a centaur. As of <laughs> an officer a during pegasus. a morning campaign. It's a so. night ceiling pegasus. If, all right. If we don't go to tiebreaker from that trick question, I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't have quite been enough, but uh, okay. yeah, Batman, Superman came first as a comic book character, but Batman <sighs> was technically a word with a different meaning uh, previous to that. So, Ryan, what is the score? The score at the end of the game is Stu with 14 and Rachel with 17 points. Um, so going back, I emphasize my answer on margarine. I changed back from, um, from fad. Instead, I meant to say meme. Um, I went back and I actually meant <laughs> no, to say no, fun. No. And <laughs> Rachel really uh, misquantified her answers correctly given. I don't know. <laughs> it was enough to fill a taco. Maybe. No, it was a good, it was a very close game, actually. But having a Stuart 14, Rachel was 17. I mean, we can do a tiebreaker for fun, but no, you know what it's going to be. In... <laughs> no, it's okay. We got to naturally, it's got to naturally happen. It stinks that this is the yeah. first year without it, but that's okay. <sighs> We still have the Christmas episode. That's true. We still can, right, we might get this end of year then. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but that is the end of the game, and uh, we'll get to some picks where each episode, a couple of us give a game, a movie experience, something cool like that we recommend you check out. And uh, Rachel, as the winner today, uh, you get the first pick. Okay, so uh, my pick is a TV show. It is called The Great North. It is on Hulu. Yeah. It is an animated show by the same people who made Bob's Burgers. It stars oh. Nick Offerman as the father it's essentially this family living up in alaska doing very stereotypical alaska things <laughs> i love it it reminds me of growing up in a very out outdoorsy family it's available on hulu very very funny they're just finishing up season two so there's a little bit on there to watch um very funny very dry humor also stars alanis morissette yeah. <laughs> as the daughter's imaginary friend who <laughs> is up in like like Aurora Borealis like in the stars yeah, oh yeah but it's actually Alanis Morissette voicing it yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah um, really really good really funny um, if you like Bob's Burgers you're gonna like this one Yeah, and it's available on Hulu so yeah we'll have a link to it but the Great North uh, primarily you can see it on Hulu like Rachel said and I'm sure it's on some other stuff, and I think it airs on Fox, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Stu, you also have a pick. I do. Uh, mine is a application. Uh, I know it's, it's a pretty a popular job. one. What'd you say? To a job? No, it's a, I, it's a, like a phone application. Yeah. <laughs> a phone application. Thank you, Ryan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my pick is Pikmin Bloom. Uh, I'm a huge Pikmin mm. fan. That's a Nintendo franchise. Uh, it's a Niantic game, right? So it's similar to Pokemon Go, things like that. But the reason I recommend it is because I I stopped playing Pokemon Go pretty much after like the three month hype died out. Uh, 
just because like either it took up too much of my time or whatever reasons, yeah. right? Uh, and Pikmin Bloom probably still has a long way to go in terms of what they'll add to it, but it's so passive and just, I guess, easy, easy going, right? Like there's no real pressure there at all. And, you know, like Pokemon Go was like fun because there's a collectathon and everything that goes with it, which is excellent. But like, honestly, just Pikmin's about like walking. Like that's it. Like it's just kind of fun to just not really do a whole lot. And, uh, you know, just kind of like walk around and see where other people have like walked and like spread flowers and things. So yeah, it's overall, it's a, it's a pretty fun game. It's nothing crazy, but that's what I like about it. It's a fun thing to do in the background because I couldn't get into Pokemon Go. It was like a little too much for me. So yeah, Pikmin Bloom. That's my So, so like in the real Pikmin games, you are like collecting, like you're attracting more of a certain type of Pikmin like what what is the sort of mechanic of the game are you yes. just traveling with them or like planting stuff pretty much you're traveling with them uh okay. so yeah so you basically like you get a seed and you have to walk x number of steps normally it's like a thousand uh for the basic ones and and then it's like ready to be plucked right and then that Pikmin joins your group uh and you can have a certain number that like walk with you consistently depending on your level but then you can have like a stash or a stockpile of them uh, as like, you know, in the background, essentially. And so you'll get rarer and rarer seeds. Uh, the more you walk, the more you level up. And it's kind of cool because depending on where you pick up the seeds at, like if you go to the grocery store and the phone knows that you went to the grocery store, right? Like it knows that that location was one mm-hmm. and you get a seed from there. Eventually your Pikmin will hit like a certain like friendship level with you. And they will put on like a little reward based on where they're from. And so I got one from the grocery store that he has like mushrooms on his head, like now, hmm. and, like another one came from a restaurant. So he's got a chef's hat and it's just kind of cute. So, but yeah, so you can also like plant these flowers as you walk and everybody gets to see those. And so it's kind of cool to like look around my city and see all the yeah. main paths of where people have walked. And then, you know, you kind of like, go with them right and like increase increase the flowers that are there and you can do different colors and stuff but That's yeah cool. i mean yeah it's nothing like i said it's nothing too crazy but or like super involved but i just like it because it's fun and passive yeah i like that i definitely was kind of played periodically pokemon go i like would be really into it and then wouldn't touch it for like a year and then got really into it again and stuff like when we first moved to chicago um but yeah, this is neat. It it looks nice, and I I agree. Pikmin, the game, the series is super fun. So it's it's cool that this was what they leaned into for a new property. Like it makes a lot of sense with the walking and planting and everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Pikmin is one of my favorite franchises from Nintendo. Uh, I have many different Pikmin things around my house, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, so right, it's like it's also just cool too because it's like I want to support that because Pikmin's such an undermined an under yeah. like appreciated franchise so it's cool to see them make something mainstream with it yeah very cool well uh pikmin bloom on i guess iphone and android and uh, we'll, we'll put a link there but if you have a pick your own or a topic trivia topic idea that you think listeners would enjoy uh you can email it to us at things are wrong at gmail.com also the website things are wrong.com for uh check out all the past episodes show notes and more uh our next and final episode of the year will be in late December, and that will be the holiday special episode. Yes. So uh, stick tuned for that. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, no. I, was, I was afraid. <laughs> I can already feel the ground trem- tremors kicking in from the time vortex. 
that it's, it's gonna happen the time portal that's gonna open up and reveal a a, a certain clause <laughs> I, I can't there. see because we don't have video but i can i know in my heart of hearts that rachel is just doing this like <laughs> like arms shoulders doing this just like oh yeah <laughs> oh oh see I, I gotta i gotta correct you okay what i am doing is hunched over that's it scheming hands, that's the one and scheming <laughs> together <laughs> so it will be a, a great fun time to re- end up end out the year but uh yeah 81 episodes and uh the end of a year the end of another big year so oh my gosh it is a big thing so thank you to Stu and rachel here as always thank you ryan and rachel you guys are great thank you one of the things i look most forward to and it's Again, listening back to some of those episodes, I was like, "These are, these are really fun." A, because I'm just glad that it's like, "Oh yeah, this is this is fun." Like, and it actually comes out well. <laughs> yeah. But also, just like you know, this is, yeah. I mean, this is you know a highlight of of the week every time we do it. All that stuff. I I love getting together and doing this, and it's a special thing. And as much as it's grown this year more than ever, uh, it is, you know, the goal from from the very beginning was really just to kind of capture that fun friends around the table. And, you know, it's the listeners we've had and the people who reach out and feel a little bit of that is just, you know, if it brings a sense of joy, especially after the last year and a half or whatever, uh, it's, you know, that's why we do it. And it's really special. It's worth all of it. I do it to chill in the fort. (laughs) And to chill in the fort. There's that. There's always that. Long after this show, long after we're gone, long after the sands of time has covered this ground, there will still be the fort. (laughs) It is eternal. (laughs) And uh, yeah, but thank you to both of you again. Thanks to everyone who listens. Like, again, it's just, you know, we're just three random people doing something because it's fun and we like sharing that positivity and we're really glad that other people enjoy it and feel similar. So absolutely that. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Hi, everybody.